welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today I'm talking to Troy Pavlik, close observer of civic affairs and the man behind the Basket of Yeggs podcast and the Yeg Votes website. Welcome. Hi, Karen. It's great to be here. I'm glad you invited me. Excellent. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by CKUA Radio, which is in the midst of its spring fundraising drive, and you'll hear more about how you can support Alberta's original radio later in the show. All right, back to you, Troy. So let's start with, well, I was going to start with yegvotes.info. Is that where you would like to start with your... your I'd say that's probably the genesis of the things I do, so that's a good place to start. Okay, so how do you describe it, first of all? It's a way of tracking your city councillors, both their attendance and their voting records, to basically assert accountability of our local politicians. It's a buzzword a lot of politicians like to throw out during elections, but very rarely do we actually see accountability being put forward, and that's what it tries to do. It tries to keep them accountable and, most importantly, inform constituents of how their councillor is actually voting so they don't say one thing in a meeting and vote another in the council meeting. And how do you compile that information? So almost all of the data comes from the City of Edmonton's open data catalog. I say almost because I augment it just slightly with a bit of manual data entry. Some things aren't in there. Uh, The city clerk can take some time to put minutes in after a meeting. So it's a bit of augmentation. But for the most part, everything comes from the open data catalog, which is excellent. I encourage all developers to check it out. And so then it's automatic, right? Automatic. Every night at midnight, I crawl the entire open data catalog from all of history because I actually, I went to a hackathon at the Stanley Milner Library a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to the open data guys and I'm like, I feel really bad because I'm hammering your servers every night and getting everything. He's like, no, don't feel bad. That's the vendor's problem if it breaks. <laughs> Excellent. They're probably just so thrilled that somebody's using it. Yeah. It, it's growing significantly over time, but they'd always like more people yeah. engaging with open data. Yeah. And you're able to do that, um, computer magic because what's your day job? Yeah, I'm a software developer by trade. I worked for the University of Alberta for their central IT for a couple of years. Right now I'm with a company called WhiteSpark, which does SEO, search engine optimization for businesses. But it's it's a passion of mine. I've always been a programmer. So you explained a little bit about the the accountability function of of YAG votes. You're like a young guy. Why are you so interested in that? It's a hard question. And it's if you talk to my coworkers at the university, it was about two and a half years ago. One day I woke up and I'm like, I'm interested in civi- city politics now. And it was just sudden things. Suddenly every day they could hear the city council meetings coming through the live streams in my speakers. And it was just something clicked in me. I've always had a political interest, but it wasn't until, and I can't remember what story triggered it, but I'm like, hey, that's interesting. City politics is interesting. And from then it's just been a constant thing. Uh, so primarily it's, my counselor, it stems from my counselor. I'm in Ward 11, so my counselor is Mike Nickel. And for those who follow city council, he's a very conservative fiscal hawk. He hates it when people call him that, but that's what he is. Um, and that doesn't jive with my politics a lot. So I really like to, when I email him, when I have meetings with him, and he says, yeah, okay, I, I see what you're saying, and I'll follow up on that. I like to ensure that that's actually the case and that it's reflected in the council votes. And so far, it's been pretty good. Um, so what have you learned from doing this so far? Uh, I've learned that cities move monolithically slowly. Um, There's been a couple times I've had problems with the open data catalog, and the open data team has been exceptional, and they're very quick. They're very active on Twitter, and I encourage everyone to follow open data EDM on Twitter. But um, once it gets to the point where 
it's another department in the city or the business owner needs to verify something, I'm still waiting on eight-month-old requests. Right. It's, it's something that, and working at the university, I experienced that a lot. Public institutions, they move slowly, and there's reasons for that. Do I wish it was faster? Yes, but I understand it's not. Right. So what's the public response been to yegvotes.info so far? <sighs> that was a big sigh. That was a big sigh. So it's been overwhelmingly positive in when people, I show it to someone and say, what do you think? And everyone's like, that's really cool. I'm so glad that you're doing this. This is such a boon for municipal politics. The reality is no one cares about municipal politics. It's, I don't get, it gets regular amounts of hits. I mean, we're looking at maybe 20 to 30 hits per day of active engagements. So it's fine. Some people are using it. Um, people don't care as much as I care, I generally find. So my current strategy going forward is I'm trying to make it easier and more consumable. So someone can check it for 10, 15 seconds per day and that's it, and then get a gist of something. And that's that's a hard problem and one that I'm working to solve. Right. Um, so then you also started the Basket of Yeggs podcast. Why did you start that? Great segue. It's basically for that last issue. Huh. Because a lot of people, when they see a bunch of data on the screen or they don't have the context of that data, it's really hard for them to assign any meaning to it. So Basket of Yeggs was, I'm really interested in municipal politics and I think it's something that everyone can be interested in. I just have to show them why it's interesting. So I get interesting characters, influential Edmontonians, and try and get them on the podcast so that they can show their excitement in voice and actually get people pumped about the same things I'm pumped about. Right. So where I noticed it was during the Ward 12 by-election. I think that's when I became aware of your podcast. That was when it started. It actually started as I was on Yeg Votes. I had a section for the Ward 12 election where I was just aggregating campaign updates. And I'm like, well, I should talk to these candidates because there's no campaign forums officially sponsored by the city. So I just started getting everyone in. And about in the fifth interview, someone said to me, hey, you know, this would be a really cool idea for a local podcast. And I'm like... Yeah, this is a backdoor pilot. Yeah. And that was that. Well, and I think that you had possibly the deepest coverage because you talked to how many of those candidates did you talk I to? ended up talking to 10 of them. And I'm going to say this, and maybe it's a political thing. I, when I started doing it, my um, intention was anyone who is serious, quote unquote, about this election or really is making themselves known or has an active chance of winning, I'm going to get them on. Right. You'll notice the one person I didn't get on was Mo Banga, the one who won. And that was because at the start of the election, I legitimately didn't think he was a serious candidate. Yeah. Outside the ward, he didn't have an internet present. He won with 150 Twitter followers. So, like, I was shocked as anyone when he won. And, I mean, congratulations to him. He's doing a good job on council, and I can understand in retrospect why he won. But... I got to say, I was a little miffed right after it when I didn't get the winner yeah, because, yeah. and I would have loved to hear his insights before he actually won, but bygones. It, it's, well, and it was hard to tell when there's 32 people running. Yeah. Um, I, on the High Level Showdown podcast, which is about all kinds of politics, and uh, Michael and Elliot were talking about that. And um, I think it was Elliot who said that Bang has such deep roots that weren't obvious if you were just paying attention to social media, but he, he, he figured that he was being underestimated and he was working for one of the other campaigns. So <laughs> Yeah, it was actually interesting. Uh, it came up in a council meeting because they're considering redrawing the ward boundaries and moving Kineski Gardens and Jackson Heights from Ward 12 into Ward 11. 
And Councillor Banga actually came out and said, that, I've got a really strong base in that area. That's my home. Like, that's where I've lived for a significant period of time. And it's interesting to see how his base will move coming into the next general in 2017. Look on Basket of Yeggs for more coverage <laughs> of that. Excellent. Uh, so now that the by-election is over, you've, you've been branching out into uh, other guests. How, did you, how do you decide who you want to talk to? Um, generally, it's has something happened interesting recently? Let's get them on. Or is there an issue that's important to me? Let's have someone who knows about it. Or a friend who has an opinion. Uh, one of the recent episodes was, should the speed limit be 40 kilometers an hour? And I had Jason Bale on there. And the only reason was, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he posted something that I didn't agree with at all. And we got into an argument. I'm like, hey, do you want to argue this in person on a podcast? He was like, sure. <laughs> Are, they your, are those your favorite ones? I, no. no. Uh, my favorite ones are definitely where I learn things. And I've learned a lot just talking to people who really have a deep breadth of knowledge on a certain municipal topic and getting those people on and just d- picking their brain. It's my favorite part. So what would be a good example of that? Uh, I don't know when this podcast airs, but uh, on Monday, the 19th of April, yeah. we're going to have Andrew Knack and I was recently at the Milner recording with him about the user fees white paper that the city recently published. And he had a lot of really interesting insights. Excellent. So I got a counselor on. Yeah, I got a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you always record at the library? No, I have a setup at home that I typically use. I go to the Milner if I have more guests that I need additional mics or in the case of Councillor Knack, he was at City Hall and I'm like, I don't want to put you out. I'll just bike yeah. down to the Milner. Yeah. Uh, it's a really great space at the Makerspace. Anyone who hasn't used it really should consider it. It's Yeah, I think it's a good place to start a podcast too if you're not sure you want to do it. Like don't buy the equipment. Like go and try it out for free or with your library card and, and then see. Hey? Yeah, absolutely. I've been guilty of spending $1,500 in audio equipment before starting the podcast. Don't do that. I don't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> now, another interesting thing about you is that you're very active on Reddit. I yes. Think. Yeah. Um, what are the threads that someone who's interested in Edmonton civic politics should should follow there? Um, always say photo radar is bad, and always say speed should be high. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a joke. It's it's not. Um, Basket of Yeggs specifically. I've posted a lot of the episodes to Reddit. Um, the ones, and I've also posted some of my blog posts, which we might get into later. But the ones that this photo radar get upvoted highly. It's very much a hive mind, and you have to play to the hive mind. So even if there's something like, should the speed limit be 40 kilometers an hour, you can't phrase the thread like, should it be 40 kilometers an hour? It's uh, XYZ proposes reducing the speed limit, and everyone will come in and get angry in the comments, and that gets you your views and listens. Right. I don't participate there. I haven't participated there. I've just looked. It's kind of an intimidating place to those who, who haven't been in on it. For long, I've been off and on making content for the past decade, and Reddit has been my home. So I've been molded by you know the pit. But it is a very intimidating place, and people will remember your username if you post something that they don't like two or three times in a row. They'll remember and they'll just downvote you immediately in the future. Yeah. So what would your advice be for someone who who wants to get into Reddit? Don't post immediately. Comment on threads. Make sure you understand the community. And I talked to a realtor, uh, 
Cameron, Edmonton Realtor on Reddit, and he he has the right idea. He's not posting his name. He's not advertising. He is legitimately participating in the community, and from that, the community will appreciate his contributions. If you come to Reddit intending to advertise, you will get downvoted, and people will not be a fan of your stuff. So even when you're posting your episodes of Basket of Yeggs, it's not, hey, I got a new episode. Yeah, and I, I will post new episodes, and I will post them like that, but... If you look at my comment history, I'm very active on Reddit and people remember my name. Uh, my crowning jewel was someone replied to one of my threads the other day and said, I hate everything you post, Troy. I wish you would go away. And that's when you know they made it because I have name recognition. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I want to make it there. <laughs> Seems mean. I've grown up on the internet and this is this is the way the internet is for better or worse. Would I like it to change? Sure. Do I think it's going to? Not in the next decade. It's unfortunate, but So I see I think you see a different side of um engaged Edmonton than Twitter would show you or yes. Facebook would show you. Did are you encouraged by the level of engagement on Reddit in civic affairs? No. no. Um and there's there's very few that are civically engaged and it's all about there are and this is this is a big problem i have the internet has changed it used to be literally you make it and they will come but now we've sort of morphed back in the day you make a website you had to have a forum on that website for your community to participate. These days, people want the communities to have the content aggregate around them. People want to go on Facebook and they want to have the content posted to the groups on Facebook. They want to go on Reddit and have the content posted to the subreddit. So it's really, really difficult to actually get a solid sense of the community because your content is now a cog in an external community rather than a community forming around your content. And that's something I've really struggled with in especially Edmonton because there's really no single source of Edmonton. Some people are really active on Twitter, Facebook, there's Connect to Edmonton, there's uh, Reddit, and what do you do? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Are there particular subreddits that someone who wanted to pay attention to that part of the community should read? Everyone on Edmonton is slash r slash Edmonton. We're not a big enough online community to really branch out to external. There's also slash r slash Alberta, but there's a lot of Calgary stuff there. It's if you want Edmonton, you go to the Edmonton subreddit, and that's that's basically it. Okay. So just coming back to your uh, your your publishing career on the podcast and and on on the websites, um, if you could make that your day job, would you want to? That's a hard question. Um, probably not. Uh, the advantage of some of my content that I create is that it's sporadic enough and it's interesting enough. There's no way with the amount of content I currently produce that I could make a living off it um, and, and no way comparable to my software development income. It's a good industry. And increasing the amount of content, I believe, would harm the quality. And beyond all, I focus on having good quality, interesting content. If I, I am on a weekly release schedule for Basket of Eggs, but if I have a dud episode in a week... I won't release, and that'll be that. I'm okay with taking the hit on regularity if I don't have something good to say. And does your interest in politics extend to wanting to be in politics? Really wish you hadn't have asked me that, Karen. I'm an old journalist. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yes. Uh, I Running for council is something that I will be doing at some point in time in the future. I, I think no one is as interested in something as I am with it on the table right there 
and they don't think about trying it. Whether that will manifest in 2017, I'm not announcing anything yet. (laughs) So no comment on that. All right, but I'm going to claim the scoop anyway if it happens. Um, Aside from that, what's next for you? I mostly keep on keeping on. I've, it's... It's a slow slog. It's You're not going to get famous overnight. You're not going to get the 20 million downloads overnight doing an Edmonton politics podcast. You're not going to get 300 views overnight, uh, though the Edmonton Realtor one had astounding numbers. Okay. Um, I'm just going to keep going. I like where it's going, and I, haven't, I don't feel like I've peaked yet. I mean, I got a counselor on last week. Next, it's the mayor. Then, you know, Justin Trudeau. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of areas I still have left to explore, and I'm happy to go exploring those. Excellent. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear about the local podcasts and or blogs that Troy recommends. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by CKUA, which is in the middle of its spring fundraiser. CKUA is tuned into Alberta, and it pays all kinds of attention to local artists. I'm particularly fond of the Trans-Canada Music West podcast, which plays the best live music Western Canada has to offer. To kick off the fundraiser, Mayor Don Iveson sang CKUA's phone number. Have a listen. Dial 1-800-494-CKUA. Yeah. Or CKUA.com. So you heard the ban. Dial 1-800-494-CKUA or visit CKUA.com to donate. All right, so we're back. So, Troy, what local independent media do you consume? So, there's the big ones. I mean, being following municipal politics, I have to follow Mac Mail's blog. It's, if nothing else, it's a really interesting aggregate for stuff I've missed. And that's primarily what I use it for because I will follow the agendas for city council every week and I'll follow what happened. But if I miss something, I'll usually catch it. And that's a real benefit. But the actual one that's sort of less known that I find exceptionally interesting is Michael Ross. He's MikeRobe007 on Twitter, but he has uh, extreme engineering where after elections, after interesting happenings, he'll really do in-depth data analysis on what happened and predictions for the future. And it's been a very interesting blog to read. Yeah. Have you seen um, Edmonton Weather Nerdery? Yes, I have seen that. That I... I have a science background. I'm a computing scientist. So stuff like that really interests me when people take the effort to do that. And I've done some of the stuff with Yegvotes, and I just find it really interesting. Like one of the posts I made recently was, you know, when a minority of council doesn't support a a reading of a bill, how many times will they vote against consideration for third reading in a single meeting? And that's sort of like a niche question. But I'm like, this is a really interesting question because it shows how our council uses our time inadvertently. And I was excited to do that. And that's the kind of stuff that you get on Michael Ross's, except Michael Ross goes far and above. And yeah. he has the statistics background that I could only hope to have. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I adore his blog. It's really good. Extreme engineering, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, do you see other ways to spin content out of that open data catalog that you would like someone to do? I think there's an infinite number of things that you can do, and it's only limited by your imagination. Um, For example, at the Open Data Hackathon, uh, one of the groups doing there, they made a website that's just picnic. Uh, It's You want to go for a picnic, and it uses the open data catalog. So 
where has picnic tables? What's green spaces near there? Uh, what's the weather overlay typically on a single day at that spot? And that's not something I would ever think of, but it's cool. And with open data, there's I don't see a way right now with how we manage the data catalog to have some sort of like consistent automatically content generating thing. But for one-off applications and cool things, like the other guy, uh, he posted a couple weeks ago about just the live map of where all the ETS buses are. That's cool. And it got a lot of attention. And that sort of thing is where our open data catalog is at now. In the future, who knows? The sky's the limit. Do you have any advice for someone who's who's got a little bit of development chops and wants to jump in there? Go on and play with it. Uh, the Open Data Catalog, it uses Socrata in the back end, and they have so many ways to export data. You can use the API and actually do it programmatically, but if you want to download an Excel file of the data, you can. So you don't even need programming experience. If you know how to use Excel macros, and if you don't, you can just look it up on YouTube, you can play it around and actually do some really cool aggregates and cool statistics with the Open Data. So it could be for everybody, even me. It could and should be for everyone. That's a tenant that I think a lot of our counselors and our mayor is trying to push for, is this open data should be accessible for everyone and usable by anyone, regardless of technological experience. These are wise words. These are good ones to end on. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, visit yegvotes.info to see how city council is voting. And visit uh, Troy's blog at tpavlik, that's T-P-A-V-L-E-K dot me to see his blog. So when you see something interesting emerging or a pattern emerging, you'll comment on it, right? Yeah, I try to, anything interesting, I try to post about. Yeah. Um, and then you can subscribe to his really, really good podcast. It's called Basket of Yeggs. It's on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And uh, Basket of Yeggs has a Facebook page as well. And then Troy is on Twitter at Troy Pavlik. All these links and Troy's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. And if you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com, you'll get complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts and updates on the local podcast network that we're building. And a special bonus this week in the newsletter, you'll get a transcript from Justin Jackson's talk at our uh, podcasting meetup last week because I had a glitch in the audio and you can't hear it, but I'm going to make sure that you can read it. Uh, We'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening.